Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity, serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and A.J. Joining us now is a man whose work has appeared in Rolling Stone, National Geographic, and the Los Angeles Times, and many other publications. His bio on his website may be the most eclectic bio I have ever come across. As it states, he is a doctor, but not one who can write you a prescription unless you're a sick insect. He hated school when he was little, but now loves it so much that after graduating from the 23rd grade, he has moved to the other side of the desk to teach natural history at Merritt College in Oakland, California. He has strong opinions about the value of education, exposure to nature, and utility infielders from the 1980s, and is pursuing a hybrid career of teaching, writing, and research to get the word out that science is accessible and, you know, believe it or not, fun. He chose this path because he never wants to stop learning and apparently has a strong aversion to making money. It is a pleasure to welcome the author of The Wax Pack on the Open Road in Search of Baseball's Afterlight, Brad Baluchian. How you doing, Brad? I've never heard my bio read out loud like that, but it's, <laughs> it's kind of fun. Yeah, good to talk to you, Mark. It's awesome to speak to you. So, so tell me how one pack of unopened 1986 baseball cards set you about on an 11,341-mile road trip across the United States. Well, I grew up in Rhode Island, and I was a big baseball card collector, had thousands of cards from the 80s going up, and um, I always kind of wondered what happened to the guys that I grew up with. And I was a little bit unusual. My, my favorite players were the journeymen, the underdog types, the utility players. Um, so I wasn't a, a fan of the big stars, but I always still wondered, you know, that kind of where are they now question of what happens to these guys when they're done playing baseball. So I just kind of had this quirky idea several years ago that maybe the best way to get at this would be to get a single pack that had never been opened and use that as the device to pick my set of 15 guys to go track down all over the country. Um, and, you know, when you get a pack of cards, you get that nice random selection. So I knew that if I used the pack, I would get a, a, a good cross-section of players. You know, one of the things that interests me most about this book, it, it's not only about the players, because you really let us in uh, a bit about your personal journey during the book. Um, making yourself and your personal exploration part of the story as well. And you're very open about your own battle with obsessive-compulsive disorder. You're very honest about some of your failings. I was wondering how tough was that, being that you're a teacher, knowing that many of your former students or many of your future students might read this and, and get inside your head a little bit? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it was... Um... I mean, it was it was challenging at times to to you know divulge so much, but at the same time, um, I guess one of the main themes of the book or the messages of the book is to is to live with uncertainty and to accept uh, you know some some degree of uncertainty, and um, you know to me like it was it was more important to to sort of tell my whole story and to share that with everybody than you know in order to really engage the reader and bring them into my story and on the journey with me and to get them to invest emotionally in me as a, as the narrator in the book. So I also thought it was really important to, you know, with things like OCD to be able to talk about that openly. And so people out there that, that struggle with that, you know, might not feel so alone. 
You know, I know for me, when I'm doing theme shows on the radio or Facebook Live, whether it be Slapshot Reunion Show or a show about the 69 Mets or the 1980 Olympic hockey team, part of the joy is the thrill of tracking down the guest and how it organically gets together, like when you might speak to Michael Ruzioni and ask him who he's in contact with, and, and you, you keep on letting those dominoes fall, and you go from one to the other, and you get a hold of them. I have to imagine that, in a sense, this quest is a lot harder as a lot of times, you know, you know, like I mentioned, one leads to another. This is totally random pack of baseball cards. So how many packs did you open before you settled on one particular pack? And what was it about that pack that made it the perfect pack? And then how did you go about setting about, you know, mapping out your quest? Well, I had about a, maybe about a dozen packs. Um, I, you know, I mean, ideally I would have gone with just one. Um, but I ended up having a bunch of guys that had passed away or, you know, if everyone lived in the same part of the country, it wouldn't make for a very good road trip book. <laughs> so I ended up settling on the pack that had most of the guys alive, only one player, Al Cowan, had passed away, and guys that were spread out around the country so that I could make it into a real cross-country road trip. Um, and then in terms of your last question, yeah, that was the challenge because I, I didn't come at this with any sports writing credentials or pedigree, you know, it wasn't like I could, you know, drop my name or anyone else's name and get in the door. Um, it really was just old-fashioned research. I spent about 10 months before I hit the road um, trying to get in touch with guys, and then I would write them a letter in the snail mail. I would follow up with a phone call. Uh, thankfully, a lot of these guys still have landlines, and, um, and by and large, most of the guys were at least willing to give me a chance, and, and I said, hey, I'm going to be coming through your your town, and uh, if you've got a few minutes, I'd, I'd much appreciate it. And uh, to their credit, they were pretty accommodating. So the book is a lot more than just a where are they now. It also touches on the relationships between fathers and sons, the struggle to find a second act in life, the challenges of being an underdog. Were you surprised at how many uh, of the different themes evolved during the journey and, and how a lot of the players had similar themes among themselves? Yeah, I mean, I was. I mean, I, I expected there that something would, would come out, you know, some commonality would emerge. I mean, that, which is kind of the fun thing that you're getting this, this random pack, you know, these guys that are just randomly in this pack, and then to see what things might they have in common beyond the fact that they all played baseball at that time. Uh, but I didn't really know what the themes were going to be. Um, you know, I set out the simple premise of what happens when you're done playing, and and then, as you were alluding to, several several common themes emerged, like how many of these guys had really struggled with their own fathers and had you know had really difficult relationships with their fathers and how that affected them. Um, and then you know the theme of uh, how many well in general how a lot of the guys that were the the uh, that were less accomplished in baseball ended up having a more well adjusted life after baseball. So. That may be best illustrated by Jaime Kokenauer, who was a nondescript pitcher for the for the Brewers for a few years. A very you know lackluster baseball career, but probably the most well-adjusted guy in life after baseball. Hmm. You know, you mentioned that you're a big fan of the underdog, and it comes through in your writing. What is it about the underdog that appealed to you so much? Well, I think I, I tried to put this in the book too that. Uh, I, I identify as one. I mean, I, I grew up, I was always a, a late bloomer and got picked on in school and, you know, dealt with a lot of issues early on. And so I, 
I think I always, from a young age, liked the underdogs because I felt like that was my team. Like, and, you know, I identified with those, with those guys. So I would watch a game on TV, and everyone's talking about, you know, Daryl Strawberry or Wade Boggs, but I was more interested in what's, what's going on with Marty Barrett, you know, the, the guy that is, you know, kind of in the background. Um, so I think that's where it, where it probably initially came from, and, and just my tendency to really never follow the crowd, you know, always um, kind of thinking a bit differently. Interesting. You know, and how ironic is it that the book itself is a true underdog story? It was rejected by 38 different publishers, <laughs> yet here yeah. we are with the book on multiple bestsellers list. So the book in itself is a story. You know, are you amazed by the fact that your book about some underdogs is actually an underdog story itself? Yeah, that was kind of something I've just kind of embraced and celebrated was as I, that, that started coming out as I was struggling with, with getting a book deal. I mean, the reason why the book is coming out in 2020 when the trip happened in 2015 was <laughs> not because it took five years to write, but because I, it took you know, many years to go through all those rejection letters. Um, so, yeah, at some point I realized, hey, this book has become the very thing that it celebrates. You know, it, it is the... Jaime Kokenauer or Don <laughs> Carmen of publishing because, you know, I don't have, I didn't have a six figure advance and a fancy marketing machine. And the success of the book has really come from just grassroots people spreading the word um, and getting the word out. And so it's been really satisfying to see, to see it succeed um, without having, you know, the, the backing of a major publisher or a, a big marketing budget. So full disclosure here. I've spoken to many sports fans over the years, and I honestly don't recall one of them telling me that Don Carmen was their favorite player. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not even sure that Don Carmen's parents would list him as their favorite. So why is he your favorite player, and what was the experience like for you? Is sometimes meeting one of your favorite players could be very disappointing, or it could be the opposite. So, so tell us why Don yeah. Carmen's your favorite and what that experience was like. Well, they say to never meet your heroes, and I, I briefly allude in the book to I, the first book I tried to write was 15 years ago about my favorite wrestler as a kid named the Iron Sheik, and that went that went about as sideways as you could go. So I was pretty stung from the childhood hero theme, but um, but Don Carmen ended up being just exceeding all possible expectations. And for your question about why he was my favorite, other than the fact that he was an underdog and played for my favorite team, which was the Phillies. Um, I, I don't know. And I never, <laughs> I never knew. And I still, I mean, if you read the book, you'll see that when I meet up with Carmen and have this, this, what I think is probably the best part of the book, the highlight is going and meeting him in Naples, Florida and going to the zoo with him and going to his house and playing catch and all these experiences. Um, it's kind of uncanny how much I ended up having in common with him, you know, and, and seeing all these parallels where he was picked on as a kid and he was kind of this outsider and, um, and, uh, you know, is this very intellectual type guy who's now working on his doctorate in psychology. So I was interested in how much we ended up having in common and, you know, not one to, I'm not one to always say, well, everything happens for a reason, but it does seem a little, strange that he would end up being my favorite player and we would have so much in common. 
I know that you wanted to get everyone from the pack, but I think the stories about Fisk, uh, about Gary Pettis, about Doc and Vince Coleman add to the book, the, the fact that there aren't, that you didn't get to, to meet with them. In the end, were you disappointed that you were not able to get and meet each person from the pack? Uh, at the time, I was, but I think I was also aware, even at the time, that this could be, you know, we could get some lemonade out of these lemons <laughs> because... Um, Every, I mean, the book really is a narrative. It's a story. It's, um, it's meant to be read as a complete thing with an overarching, you know, with a, with a story arc and a journey. And any story like that has to have some kind of narrative tension and conflict and good guys and bad guys. And so I think, you know, if everyone had been as, as wonderful as Don Carmen, it might not have been a very good story because it, you know, wouldn't have had any ebb and flow to it. So I think, um, having those guys and, and sort of pushing me to go to some pretty extreme lengths to try to find them, you know, makes the book more entertaining and also, um, you know, gives my character just some, some, some challenges to deal with. It's an outstanding book, and it's interesting for me, you know, for, for the most part, uh, speaking to Darn Carmen, uh, Steve Yeager, and, and um, Randy Reddy, those guys really opened up to you. I almost felt like at the end you would, should have just said that would be a dollar, $175 for, for the session. <laughs> but uh, great stuff. Where can people get a hold of the book, Brad? Sure. Uh, if you go to waxpackbook.com, you can get the links to order it. Um, I'm also most active on Twitter, at waxpackbook, and uh, always happy to hear people's stories and interact with them, get their feedback. Um, so hope they'll check it out. Uh, I don't know if you get a chance to watch our Facebook Live. If not, I'm going to send this to you. In your honor for okay. your graphic, we made you as a 1986 Topps card with the Phillies. So uh, you're, you're, oh, man. your position is author. <laughs> so, and it's a rookie gotta, card, too. So <laughs> I'll post that on your Twitter. I had some fun making that for you. So, that's uh, awesome. i got to print that out. Yeah, for sure. Brad, thanks so much for your time. And a very, very cool book. Okay, thanks, Mark. You got it. Brad Baluchian, author of The Wax Pack, On the Open Road in Search of Baseball's Afterlife.